to Travis Etienne. Got a little bit of a block. 40, 45. Oh, on the right sideline. 40, 35, 30, 25. Travis Etienne still on his feet. Travis Etienne to the goal line. Touchdown, Travis Etienne. An explosive run in the first touchdown of the game for the Jaguars. That ball's tipped. It is picked off. Antonio Johnson's running it back. He's got it into Panthers territory, 40-yard line, inside the 40, a takeaway by the Jaguar rookie, Antonio Johnson. They sent four only. They hit him. They're going to sack him again. Josh Allen got him again, back at the 42-yard line. Nice work, a second sack of the day. And the career sack leader for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen. That's us when you talk about complimentary football, right? When, when, when guys are down and the next man steps up, you rally around each other, right? You support each other. That's what great teams do. That's what you do today. Congratulations to you for what you did out there. Played tough. You battled. Nice job. Nice job getting the win today, okay? We've battled. We've battled. You were battle-tested, okay? You were battle-tested. You guys continue to t- uh, stick together. Great things are going to happen to this football team moving forward, okay? You just got to continue to believe. Continue to believe. Ready? 1-2-3-1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey and Dylan Denmark. Oh wow, that was a quick one right there. Yeah. Good morning, Duval. All right. Uh, what's up, Pockets? How are we? This is a good morning, man. Is it? Everything good in your so world? So far so good. It's a little I mean, chilly I woke up outside. like an hour ago, so. You woke up an hour ago? Yeah, I live right down the road, so. Okay, was that an oversleep? Or? Yeah, it was a little bit. I worked till midnight on Tuesdays. I'm paranoid, man. I've overslept uh, not that long ago. Fortunately, I got a setup I can do the show from the house, but uh, I get, do get paranoid. I wake up like an hour before the alarm goes off, and I feel like I've got my own internal snooze alarm. Every 10 minutes, I'm looking at the clock, man. I don't know, but I made it. I'm here on time. Fat Tony is on assignment. Today, so uh, his holiday break continues into the midweek here, and uh, I hope he's back tomorrow. All important finale pockets of yeah. the breakfast bowl. I mean, we could always push it off, but you know, D Rock will be here. He never did tomorrow. post, by the way. He, I know he didn't. Well, the, he's on assignment. Yeah, this is true. He's spoken for right now. Yeah, I'm, he did lose, by the way. If anybody did, was he lose? Yes. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, he got like 40s, and everybody else got 65 and above. Mm, so, all right. So, if I think, you were wondering, I think there. I got a slight edge going in the final week, but uh, we'll worry about that tomorrow. As far as that's concerned, I will not be a bad person and select anybody. Jags defense, by the way, going to shut them all down this week. Right? Concerted effort. Coming off a shutout. Shutout's pretty damn impressive. Uh, I think nine in the history of the franchise, you know? Um, when was our last one? This year? Before that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Funny guy here. Well, I mean, it was. Uh, quote them all. I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't have the full. I heard Hick talking about the nine yesterday. Um, we'll go back and look over the history. I know the one of them was in 2000 because we're looking at the worst quarterback performance ever in the history of the franchise against the Jaguars. Spurgeon win, without question, that second Cleveland game in the year 2000. Jags won it 48 to nothing. Spurgeon win, I want to say threw 16 passes and threw for 17 yards in the game. Doug Peterson had a completion for the Browns that day. It was one for one off the bench. And somebody else, I can't remember who the other player threw a pass was for Cleveland, but uh, it was horrific. 
and one of the great def- – probably the greatest defensive performance the Jags ever had, arguably. Although that opener against Houston in – 2017 wasn't a shutout because Deshaun Watson got him in the end zone late. Remember, he came off mm-hmm. the bench yep. for Savage They did have a shutout in 17, though. Did they? Against the Colts. You got the full list right there? Yep. All yeah, right, I got give, it right give here. Give them to us. Go go backwards. If Can you go backwards? You have them listed chronologically? I got it since 2000, so yes. All right, how many you got? Two in 2000. Okay. Then you got one in 03. Okay. Uh, t- yeah, 06, 17, uh, 18, w- 22, and then... Was the 06 one against Pittsburgh? The Jets. The Jets. Was one of them against Pittsburgh? Yes, in 06. Oh. <laughs> Did I just I, – I feel like I just asked you if the 06 one was against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. So which one was against Pittsburgh now? 2006, they it, shut out the Steelers. It was. 9-0. 9-0, yeah. right? Was yeah. that a Sunday – that was a Sunday night game? Maybe a Monday night game? It was one doesn't of those. say. It was like prime – pretty sure it was a prime time game. Um. Anyway, uh, Jags defense coming off a hot one, obviously. And the Tennessee Titans shouldn't be that big of a threat offensively. Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, or Malik Willis shouldn't matter that much. Um, They're coming in having scored three points. It's been a month since they've scored in the 20s. Uh, Not that the Jags had been rolling themselves prior to this past week, but uh, you go back, the Jags had a 27-0 lead over Tennessee when they finally got on the board the first time they played this year, and they scored with under five minutes to go to make it a little bit better cosmetically because um, they only got two touchdowns in the entire game. Jack scored over 30. So, yeah, and that was here. Different motivations, different guys might be available this week. One of them who might be, just might be, is Christian Kirk, who had his practice window opened up, 21-day practice window. We'll find out. Doug Peterson speaks in – about 20 minutes from now, and uh, Johnny O will be around an hour or two to kind of detail from his perspective what he hears from the head coach. But uh, we'll listen in at least, and uh, don't know if we'll be able to bring you any of that audio immediately, but uh, whatever he has to say about Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, any of the banged-up guys, that takes uh, precedence certainly this week. I don't know if we're going to get anything definitive out of uh, Doug. Last week he thought, Trevor Lawrence to be able to practice on Thursday, ultimately didn't go, was shut down, found out that uh, Lawrence had told Bethard a little bit early in the week, hey, probably not my week. So don't know if he's got that kind of indication or inclination at this point, but uh, we'll find out at least what Doug Peterson has to say about the matter a little bit later on this morning. All right, uh, today we've got the Chad and Sandy Real Estate Question of the Day. We believe the Pro Bowl team will be announced tonight. If you heard me talking with Dan and Jeff right at the end of the drill there, it really is not easy to find information on it. You know, you go to Google, usually you get chapter and verse on anything you're looking for, but I could not find anything specific other than people telling us on the text line in confirmation, yes, 8 o'clock tonight they'll unveil the Pro Bowl teams. Voting is done, so it's just a matter of when. And as I told the guy, last year it was December 22nd when they announced who the rosters were, and they even had the alternates on that one. I, I saw an article from December 22nd of 2022 announcing the 2023 Pro Bowlers, and Trevor Lawrence is already named in that article as a replacement for Patrick Mahomes. So um, kind of odd that it's the, the timing's that different, but today's question is which Jacksonville Jaguars will get named to this year's AFC Pro Bowl squad? Who do you think? Not who's deserving. 
Not who you would vote for. Voting's done. Voting's done across the the board. All all the fan voting had been done for a couple weeks, I believe, and uh, players and coaches' votes were due on Friday. So Josh Allen's big performance this week, franchise record in sacks for a single season, does not factor in. He did have 13 and a half coming into the weekend, though. Is that enough to get him mentioned in an AFC with Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, at least in terms of, um, you know, immediately in the first wave being named as a starter, Bradley Chubb, another guy, of course, he is out for the year now for Miami uh, with, uh, I believe he had an ACL that he suffered yeah. this week. Right? You know, Trey Hendrickson has 17 sacks this year. Does he? I didn't know he had that much. That was TJ Watt. That's a bunch. Yeah. Um, I mean, and he's a pretty good run stopper too. That's a lot, man. I got uh, I've got Hendricks in on several fantasy teams. I gotta admit, oh, so I got Josh would, Allen on fantasy know. teams too. I'm that guy. I've got uh, weird, uh, weird defensive players littering my fantasy squads because that's how deep we go. But uh, nevertheless, uh, hit us up today and let us know who you think those guys will be from the Jags. Will Josh Allen be the only one? Will he even be named as a starter eventually? He'll be on the Pro Bowl squad. I'm quite confident when the team gets first announced. Eh, you know, because then you start to get all of the opt-outs and the injury replacements and the replacements for the guys that are going deep into the postseason and all these different things. Uh, and, of course, there's no real game. There's a flag football game, but there are 10 uh, skills events that are associated with it as well. And uh, the flag football game's worth just as much as the uh, kick-tack-toe competition, which... Did you watch any of this stuff last year? No, I watched some of it on social, like the highlights. Yeah. I, I just keep seeing that, uh, you know, the best catch one where the guy goes up and he reaches down. They keep showing that over and over. I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I don't know either. I like the dodgeball. Yeah, I mean, dodgeball is just kind of a fun thing to watch right. in general, I think. But um, I, I always think the worst, man. I, you know, these kind of competitions. I remember Robert Edwards back in the late 90s. They used to do a beach football game. It's kind of like a flag game, but it was played on the beach. And he got a significant, like a, almost a career ending, but basically a career disrupting lower leg injury. He was able to come back like a couple of years after that and play for like parts of maybe one season, I think. But he was a, a thousand yard rusher as a rookie for New England and basically ended his career playing on the beach. When in, this happened? In, uh, I want to say 98. Okay. Maybe. Um, right around there. It was late nineties. And, uh, yeah, he was fantastic rookie running back. Looked like he'd be the next big thing for the next five or six years for new England. And then, uh, his career was all but ended on the beaches of Hawaii. So, uh, today, uh, I think we've laid it out for you. If you want to be a part of the program, six, four, one, 10, 10 on the all pro roofing phone lines or on the text line designed by lifetime enclosures or hit us up on social media at MD underscore 10, 10 XL at 10, 10 XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. That's right. With Fat Tony on assignment today, uh, you can also get into the YouTube chat or, uh, I don't know, yell really loudly as you're driving by here, 9117 Hogan Road. All right, Jaguars today off and rolling. We'll get into Christian Kirk. We'll get into uh, the Pro Bowl, at least to who we think is deserving and who will actually make it for Jacksonville and a lot more along the way. John Osher at the top of the hour with our ears open for what Doug Peterson has to say coming up in less than 20 minutes from now down at the sports complex. Mike Dempsey and Dylan Denmark here with you. 
You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, Johnny O will be along in hour two, as he typically is on Wednesday. Doug Peterson speaks in about 10 minutes down at the facility and will let you know what he has to say about uh, the banged-up Jags and their likelihood to uh, at least practice in the next day or so. Uh, Man, you'd like to think that Josh Allen is a mortal lock for the Pro Bowl, right? Makes sense. He's got 16 and a half sacks. Now, again... Voting closed on Friday, last Friday. He had 13 and a half sacks at that point in time. And Miles Garrett, the last time they announced a voting tally, was the leading vote getter at defensive end. Okay? Last year, the three defensive ends named to the AFC Pro Bowl squad were Garrett, Max Crosby, and Trey Hendrickson. So Trey Hendrickson already has a toe in the door. We were talking about him a moment ago, pockets with 17 sacks. He and T.J. Watt both have 17. Now, again, I don't recall if Hendrickson had anything this week, you know, what what he had coming into the game, where his total was. I don't think he had a three-sack game. So he was probably ahead of Josh Allen coming into the week. Then you got in the AFC alone, you've got Garrett and Crosby, at 14 and 13 and a half, and they were Pro Bowlers last year. Hendrickson, who was a Pro Bowler last year, was 17. Watt, who is much more high profile than Josh Allen, has 17 as well. And, oh, by the way, has anyone ever heard of Khalil Mack? Also in the AFC with 16 sacks. So while we think Josh Allen is well-deserving of uh, Pro Bowl recognition, I think if you look around and make the case with all these guys – I think they all would say the same thing. I mean, Khalil Mack has the name recognition. He's got the past Pro Bowls. I'm not saying that should matter, right? But it does, I think, when it comes to who people vote for. And he did have that one game this year. What did he have, five or six? Yeah, it was something like that. He just went off. Yeah, which you could argue, okay, well, you had six in one game. You only had ten in all the other games, right? And they look at it that way, but they also go, wow, remember that when that guy couldn't be blocked for a game? It, you never know what's going to stand out in somebody's mind. Pockets out. Look, along the way, we know there's attrition with the Pro Bowl and guys, you know, beg out of it for whatever combination of reasons. But I don't know, man. That is a lot of ASC pass rushing talent right there. Most of the guys who are the sack leaders in the National Football League among the top 10, like among the top eight. And we didn't get to Justin Madrubike, but he plays defensive tackle. He's not a household name. Yeah. Josh Allen's more of a household name than he is from the Ravens, but he's got 13. But So out of the top seven guys, uh, six of them are AFC edge rushers slash defensive ends, right, which is generally, although let's see, last year, what? Uh, how did they break this up? Well, you do get the outside linebacker category, right? So last year you had Judon, Khalil Mack, and T.J. Watt make it as outside linebackers. So if Watt – would Allen make it as an outside linebacker? That's what he plays. And from that standpoint, then he probably should, along with Watt and Khalil Mack. He might be the reserve in the group, but, you know, that's right. We we focused on defensive ends there. 
And, uh, you know, he's not listed as a defensive end. And so he's not going up against Garrett and Crosby and Hendrickson, but he is going up against T.J. Watt and Khalil Mack. But if you can get three at that spot, I don't see anybody else in the AFC. Gosh, maybe Bradley Chubb. It's possible. He had 11 going in the weekend, and he's been a high-profile pass rusher. I'm pretty sure he's one- or two-time Pro Bowler in his past anyway. So he could be a guy that got named because he got hurt after the voting was finalized. So could he be named as a starter and you end up getting Josh Allen as an alternate? Here's the thing. When you have six or seven of these guys that have eerily the same numbers, do you think it comes down to a popularity vote? Yes. And that would definitely Josh not knock Josh Allen. It would hurt him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's not, uh, you know, when you say popularity, it's not that he's not a popular guy. You right, know what right. I mean? Like, he's not, he doesn't have the resume. It becomes, oh, who am I going to vote for? A five-time Pro Bowler or a one-time Pro Bowler, right? I think people get influenced by that kind of, oh, Khalil Mack, yeah, that guy's, he's always a Pro Bowler. I can't go wrong if I go with that vote. Uh, so, yeah, but if you just look at, I think the field, if you look at it really and they pay attention to the distinction between outside linebacker and defensive end, there are probably four strong candidates for three spots. And and Josh Allen's certainly deserving of one of those spots, without question. I mean, well, in my opinion, ahead of Bradley Chubb, but we'll see if uh, the voters feel the same way. Um, anyway, that that's who he's competing with. By the way, you know, we focus so much on Trayvon Walker versus Aiden Hutchinson in the sack department. Trayvon's got the nine. Hutchinson's got nine and a half. Kayvon Thibodeau, the other pass rusher near the top of that same draft, has 11 and a half this year. Uh, I feel like I've watched a few Giants games. I feel like he's a bit all or nothing. I feel like Trayvon and, and Hutchinson are much better all-around players at this stage and that uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is maybe a little bit more of a pure pass rusher. Uh, been a little bit more disruptive in that department. He's got 11 and a half, but he doesn't get nearly as many plays in the run game as these other guys do. And then you look at Evan Ingram pockets. I think it's, again, we're probably talking about three guys for two spots at tight end in the AFC. Um, Kelsey's going to get a spot. Uh, He just is. I mean, he's, by the way, got 984 yards. It's not like he's not deserving. 93 catches touchdowns down to only five, but he's going to get in. I mean, people are just going to check that box automatically. Yeah, they're not even going to think about that. Quite frankly, he's deserving of the Pro Bowl, right? I mean, Evan Ingram's got more total catches, but that doesn't mean you had a better year. What about yards per catch? What about touchdowns? These things are factors as well. Kelsey's just not having a typical Kelsey Hall of Fame type year. He's having a really good tight end year. Evan Ingram and David Njoku of the Browns are the ones who are going to go head-to-head here. Ingram's had 23 more catches, but for only two more yards. So, Najoku's averaging 10.9 a catch compared to 8.5 for our guy, and he's doubled him up with 6-3 to three in the touchdown department. So, would not surprise me a bit if Kelsey and Najoku are named as your starting tight ends and then maybe somewhere along the way, uh, you know, if Kelsey backs out, Evan Ingram ultimately will get mentioned. I, look, I've got no problem with Evan Ingram getting in over David Njoku, I'd prefer it. But if you're going to ask me who people are voting for, I think Cleveland has had some prominent primetime games recently. Najoku had one, uh, a big game against the Jags head-to-head when you're talking about he versus Ingram. I know they're not covering each other, but 
you wonder how much that factors in. He's just been really the last month that Joku's had the biggest numbers at tight end of any player in the National Football League. I and and say. another factor with Evan Ingram, I've seen, he's got a lot of bulk of his catches during this losing streak. So it's not like it's, you know, they played a big game and, you know, they won because of him. You know, you watch this Cleveland run they're going on with Flacco and Njoku's just a big guy. Yeah, Njoku, you know, and that, that's a big reason. They're on a four game winning streak and he scored four touchdowns. He two against Jacksonville. One against Chicago, one against Houston. Didn't score this week against the Jets, but had and again, uh, that actually that game was Thursday night. Yeah, so everybody saw it. So if you waited, now that's the thing too. Are you is everyone waiting to the last minute to send in their Pro Bowl yeah, votes? Probably I not. have no idea how the coaches and players are doing it, or how many are participating, or any of that stuff. But if they did wait, they saw Najoku go off for over 100 yards in the first quarter. Now he ended up with six for 134, so they didn't need him to do much the rest of the game. But if you wanted a lasting impression, he gave you a pretty good one right there. Uh, those are the top candidates, I think, on the uh, offensive side for the Jags in the AFC. Um, Travis Etienne, could he get in there? I'll take a look at some of the running back numbers a little bit later on. I don't think any receiver, uh, pure wide receivers, got a shot for Jacksonville this year, and uh, that would be the end of it. We'll look at some of the defensive players, too, as we go along this morning. We'll take you around the rest in the National Football League coming up. Doug Peterson's set to uh, speak in about two minutes from now, so we'll give you updates on what he has to say about Trevor Lawrence's health, along with other banged-up Jaguars, including Christian Kirk, who's had his practice window opened up, uh, and uh, Zay Jones, among others. Mike Dempsey, Dylan Denmark here with you, about 30 minutes away from John Osher. Joining us, 641-1010, if you want to get in and join the conversation. Today's Chad and Sandy Real Estate question today, simply which Jacksonville Jaguars do you think get named to the AAC Pro Bowl squad this year? This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Brought to you by Baptist Health and JOI. Head coach Doug Peterson reflected on being in the position the Jags are in ahead of the regular season finale against the Titans this Sunday. We're just obviously fortunate and blessed to be in this position, um, you know, at the end of the year. And and it's always been our goal, as you know, to, you know, to be in the conversation and and, and to, uh, um, you know, playing these play in these these meaningful games, you know, this late in the year. But, you know, we we obviously could have done better in a few few games uh, here recently, and, and and we wouldn't be in this situation. But you know what, uh, we are. Uh, we embrace it and uh, we own it, and looking forward to the opportunity Sunday. For more Doug Peterson, visit Jaguars.com. I'm Molly McDonald with your Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute Jaguars update. Ten Ten XL is presented by Farrah and Farrah, exclusive injury law firm of the Jacksonville Jaguars, protecting you and your family. Call 396-5555. Jacksonville. Oh Nos. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on I, 1010XL. Johnny O about 20 minutes away. I was about two seconds early on that one right there. I was so excited about the thought of John Osher joining us this morning. Uh, he'll be here at the top of the hour. Got some Doug Peterson quotes courtesy of me, O'Brien's Twitter feed. Uh, Doug says Trevor Lawrence remains day-to-day and expects him to practice in a limited fashion today, says he is feeling better today. Look, if you get on the field limited on Wednesday, I feel pretty good about your chances of suiting up, barring a setback, you know, come Sunday. You think it's playing anyway, like before you heard that? Um, No, I I think it's 
up in the air. I mean, okay. I think I think the fact that we we heard that he indicated to C.J. Beathard early last week that knew that it was very unlikely. This is a more significant injury. Obviously, Trevor's never missed the start. I didn't miss a start in college. Hasn't missed a start in the pros until now. And, you know, he's played through some of the things we saw, you know, where his leg gets twisted like a pretzel that we thought he's not going to be able to finish a game, never mind come right back in the game and not miss anything going forward. So it's all, I think, conjecture on all of our parts. It's going to be how he feels thrown it. He could be limited today. And go, ah, it just doesn't feel quite right. And maybe be limited Thursday, limited Friday, but just not right there. So I do think it's a better side. If I'm hoping that Trevor plays, and I am, okay, I'm not in that camp that's hoping it's C.J. Beathard this week. I hope it's Trevor Lawrence available. There's no reason you can't have a little more close to the best game plan if you think that that suits you, you know, to try to limit mistakes with a guy who just can make more plays than the other guy because there are certain things that C.J. Beathard can't do. He's not – look, I know he ran for some yards here. Did we time him, what, with the sundial or what exactly would – you know, not my line pockets, but I've heard that one from time to time over the years. I, he's not the swiftest of foot. He can't make all the throws Trevor can make. I get it. He protected the football. Not not knocking CJ's performance. Very happy that he did what he did and glad he helped the Jaguars to win. He's part of the team, uh, and that's what's important, that they got the W this week. But they all want Trevor Lawrence out there. Uh, we'll see. So day-to-day, expected a practice in a limited fashion today. Christian Kirk. Doug Peterson says he's not a betting man, so he won't put odds on Kirk playing. But he did say, again, this is through me, O'Brien's, uh, t- uh, Twitter feed, Kirk's goal was always to return either this week or the first round of the playoffs. So is it a little ahead of schedule if he's back this week? Probably a little bit. But you got to feel like if they're able to win this week regardless, he's going to be out there giving you whatever he has, whatever that is. Won't be 100% probably, but he'll give you what he has in the first round of the playoffs if the Jags take care of business, and get to the postseason. Doug was asked uh, if he focuses on all the different playoff scenarios. He said there's only one winning this game on Sunday. And that is likely true. In fact, if Pittsburgh wins on Saturday, that will be the only scenario for the Jags at that point. Win the division or watch from the sidelines uh, as either Houston or Indianapolis swoops in and steals that thing, and you'll know who that is, who's in position to get it uh, as they play Saturday night. doesn't really matter to the Jags who that is. Just take care of your own business. Now, again, like I said yesterday, I'm not turning down that invite if for some reason Baltimore uses their backups to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, Jags lose, and then I think the Raiders have to beat the Broncos, right? So if that happens, I'm not saying, nah, you know what, wild card, we're going to turn that down, we're going to pass up on that opportunity. No, I'm going to grab that as well. I much rather would have the home game. Somebody asked, um, who would you rather have uh, in terms of a matchup? Who was it? Cleveland or uh, or Buffalo? Honestly, I think the they're both playing very well right now. And the Jags beat Buffalo, and I think they feel like they match up very well with them. Uh, with them, I, I'm not afraid of the Browns. The Browns are, I believe, aren't they overwhelming? I guess if the Browns lose and the Bills win, would the Bills jump them for the fourth 
or the fifth spot? I don't think so because the Browns, I think, have a better conference record. Is that right? And they haven't played each other. So All I right. think well, the Browns that's are pretty the case, much we're going to get the five, Browns. Right. Yeah, and I'm fine with that, honestly. They lost to them by four on the road. And again, it, it broke down to a handful of plays where Joe Flacco threw touchdowns to wide-open guys that the Jags lost their mind with coverage situations. Somebody points out on the text line as well, Trevor Lawrence uh, missed the start back in college. Back in yeah, it was COVID. That is correct, right? Not due to injury, but th- true. He did miss the start, uh, and uh, that is absolutely accurate. By the way, Jags' last shutout was last season, early last yeah, the season. Colts. Yeah, the Colts. I was at that game, actually. Right. Hey, good for you, Pops. Yeah. I was at that one, too. Um, as you are, everyone. Nah, not the home ones. Just the homies. Yeah. The homies. Um, I was looking at Travis Etienne's numbers. We'll get to those in a minute. He might have a better case than you think. In the AFC, it is a down year for running backs. It's not overall. a it's not a great year, yes. right? It's not, and certainly in the AFC, it's not one where you look and go, "Wow, this guy, that guy, the other guy are absolute mortal locks to get in." And you're going to get three running backs from the conference that get named. So we'll take a look at some of the uh, contenders coming up. Let's take a quick look around the rest of the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL. Brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. All right, not that you would have expected it, but uh, Mike Vrabel let folks know that the Tennessee Titans are not planning to lay down for the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. Uh, Tennessee's head coach was asked why people should expect the Titans to go all out to win on Sunday when they host Jacksonville. Here was Vrabel's response. Because it sucks to lose, Jackson. Did you have another thought or no? I'm just curious. It sucks. Losing. Awful. That's why I want to win. Goes on to say, because you don't sleep, you want to win for the players that bust their tail. That's it. It's not about, we'll go into the offseason with a good note. And remember this one. Nobody knows what you did on January 7th or 8th or the 6th or whatever in April when you come back. But you want to see it for these guys right now. So in other words, you know, this whole Winning some momentum carries you into the offseason. Vrabel just says, no, nah, the hell with that, man. We just want to win because these guys are working hard all year and we want to end the season on a good note. When we come back in April, it's a clean restart. Look, I expect the Titans to play hard. The question is, do they have the horses to match up with Jacksonville? They didn't the first time. Um, but the NFL is a funny league. Uh, all right, despite being in line for the fourth overall pick in April's NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals apparently won't be in the market for a new franchise quarterback. When asked yesterday if he had any doubt that the cards would continue to build around Kyler Murray. Head coach Jonathan Gannon said, no, there's not. I love this guy, man. No, there's no doubt. He was asked to confirm, who do you love that you're talking about? He said, number one, our franchise quarterback. That's who I love, obviously referring to Kyler Murray. So uh, there you go. Uh, the Cardinals, if they want to get some help for Kyler Murray, could be in line to draft a Marvin Harrison Jr., another top-rated receiver with the fourth overall pick. And in the aftermath of a controversial conclusion To the Cowboys' win over the Detroit Lions on Saturday night, the NFL yesterday sent out a memo and video to clubs regarding players reporting as eligible. The video reportedly underscores that it's a player's responsibility to make certain his status change is clearly communicated to the referee by both a physical signal up and down his chest and to report his intention to play as an eligible receiver on that snap. And here's the whole thing with this thing. You know, did the refs screw it up to some degree? Perhaps so. But – the intention of the reporting rule is so you can't trick the defense, right? That you're playing a guy with a number who's usually ineligible. It's got to report to the ref, and it's got to made, be made plain 
to the defense who that is. That's the whole purpose of the rule. You're not reporting for the ref's sake as much as you're reporting for the defense's sake so they know who to match up with. And, you know, as Dan Campbell said, they their intention was to trick the Dallas Cowboys. So, regardless, not our uh, concern at this point in time. Uh, every NFL team is convinced that the referees are all against them, though. Or at least the fan bases are convinced. Um, so, we'll get at Travis Etienne's numbers versus the rest of the AFC rushing contingent here, right? And it's not just rushing yards. Uh, it's a lot of things. But he has scored a decent number of touchdowns this year, which absolutely helps. The only guys with more rushing yards in the AFC than Travis Etienne are James Cook. Now, James Cook plays for Buffalo, who's been a more high-profile team, but he's only scored twice all year. He's got about 100 more yards than Etienne, 130 more yards than Etienne. But Etienne's got nine more rushing touchdowns than Cook does. Uh, and uh, James Cook, by the way, four fumbles on the season. Travis Etienne, zero. So, at least uh, these are according to stats at Pro Football Reference. Uh, Raheem Mostert certainly deserves it. Yeah, he's a log. Guys scored 18 rushing touchdowns, I think 21, something like that overall, even though he missed this week. He should be a lock. He's very deserving of being in there. Even if you put Cook in, the other guys that ETN is competing with, you say, ah, oh, yeah, you know, but the yards per carry is going to get him. Cook's at 4.8, ETN's at 3.8. That's fair. Okay, but you get three. Joe Mixon has fewer rushing yards than Travis ETN. He has fewer touchdowns than Travis ETN. He's also run for 3.8 yards carry. Who do you think gets more Pro Bowl love this Nixon, year? Nixon, probably. I, I, I could see it going that way, right? Although, I don't I don't think anybody feels like Joe Mixon's having this tremendous year. He's not. He's having an okay year. He's pretty good. Uh, he's had his moments. But overall, Travis Etienne's numbers hold up well or actually better. Najee Harris had a good game this weekend. Has been pretty quiet. He scored two of his seven touchdowns this weekend, so that didn't factor in. And... He's at four yards a carry. Probably coming in the weekend, he was under that because he had a really nice game this week. Really, and you get down to like Devin Singletary is the next leading rusher in the AFC. So there's not any big name guy. I guess Brees Hall has been spectacular at a few times. I heard Jeff and Dan talking about this and really Jeff advocating for the Jags to kick the tires on Dalvin Cook. Man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what Dalvin Cook has left in the tank at this point. And I look at him and you say, well, is he better than the backups we have? I'm not sure of that right now. Dalvin Cook's averaging about a yard less per carry than Brees Hall is on the same team, whereas Dearness Johnson, about the same. When you got Travis Etienne at 3.8, okay, but that, you know you got to factor in the offensive line play, everything else. Dalvin Cook's long run on the season is 14 yards. His long reception is 15 yards. Dearness Johnson's been more explosive than that. I mean, he had a 42-yard reception at one point. His long run is like 19 on the season. I just don't know if there's, other than name and the fact that he's got a lot more experience, what Dalvin Cook brings to the table at well, this point. Yeah, and, you know, if both running backs for the Jets, if Brees Hall was having a bad year too, I'd be like, okay, I, I might consider Right, because the but, line's not right. doing anything for them. Brees Hall's had a really good year, and every time they put Dalvin Cook in, it's been nothing. I think he's went over 30 yards like twice this year, it's and been, that's it. Right, it's been miserable. And, like, early on in the season, like the first game of the year, the when they played Buffalo, if you and they gave recall, him like sixteen carries, like that game. That and then they're like, they're like, yeah, this ain't it. Cook 
Right, because they yeah. didn't expect much out of Brees Hall, and then Brees Hall rips off like was it was like, like an eighty, 80 yard, yard run. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're at like their own ten. And I'm like, damn, man, we're gonna we're gonna have to roll with this uh, a lot earlier than we expected. And you're right; every time Dalvin Cook would come in, it'd be like Brees Hall averaging six yards a carry, Dalvin Cook getting stuff, 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 gain of three. At least that you know the the, the times I watched the Jets didn't watch them week in week out, but the the stat sheet tells the story. He did nothing. He's just looking to hook on and go ring chase. And I don't blame him. You know, if you are in a position to turn down that last paycheck and uh, he had some guaranteed money uh, for week 18, his contract was guaranteed. He decided that he would give that money back if they would waive him. So we'll find out. He can get picked up tomorrow. I don't really see the Jags having much interest in Dalvin Cook, uh, quite frankly. I mean, how many carries are they giving to the backups anyway? You know, now this week, there was a more concerted effort to get behind the running game, and maybe they feel like they need to do that heading into the postseason a little bit. But uh, there's other than the name itself, I don't know if, if we just looked at anybody else putting up the kind of numbers that Dalvin Cook had this year, I don't think anybody would be interested in him at all. Not no. for, but, you know, you do take a second look because of the track record. It was just last year. He had, like, his 4,000-yard season or whatever it was. So um, could it just be circumstance that – had him struggling? Possibly. But my guess is uh, his best days are long in the rear view at this point in time. Uh, Dalvin on the text line, the only player with 65 carries not to have a 15-yard run this year. So, yeah, it just hasn't been explosive at all at this point. Uh, unlike John Osher, always comes in with explosive takes on Jaguar football. Uh, we'll hear what Johnny has to say. If you missed it at the beginning of the segment, courtesy of Mia O'Brien down at the stadium, uh, Doug Peterson says that uh, you're going to see, hopefully, limited practice from Trevor Lawrence today, which is a, a step in the right direction. Christian Kirk, possible to play this week, uh, but he had always been targeting this week or next for his return. The offensive line, a couple of other quotes here, remains fluid. Uh, with Ezra and Walker getting healthier, we'll have a better feel for that later in the week as to what they do, I'm sure, at left guard. That's the... Spot that's up for grabs. Doug Peterson said he anticipates Zay Jones doing more in practice this week than he did last week. Uh, definitely better than he w where he was a week ago, but how much better is the question because obviously he didn't play last week. So continuing to monitor these guys, we'll get Johnny O to weigh in on whether or not he thinks uh, they're likely to give it a shot this weekend. And we'll get to the Jags on the defensive side who are in Pro Bowl consideration. Obviously, Josh Allen at the top of the list. Who else is a reasonable candidate for the Jags on that side? That's your Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day, not just defense. Which Jacksonville Jaguars do you think will get named to the Pro Bowl team, which is uh, apparently getting announced tonight? Let us know. Social media, text line, or the phone lines on the All-Pro Roofing phone line at 641-1010. Text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. Oh, knows. John Osher. Hello, Johnny O. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm Victory well. Wednesday. Look ahead Wednesday. Victory Wednesday's fine. Haven't yeah. had one in a month. Been so a we can yeah. extend Victory Week as far as we like uh, all the way through Friday. Absolutely no problem. With that, uh, obviously, you know, it goes without saying, Jags had to have it, right? Yeah. Put themselves into position. 
Um, and I would have been happy with whatever win ten to three would have been fine. Right. right. I'm just that was the main priority. But they didn't win in convincing fashion. And I understand Carolina's a bad team. Bad teams scored thirty the week before. Yeah. You know, I mean they're, they're still an NFL two team. Weeks before bad teams push bad teams we've all seen can push teams in this league. Uh for the Jaguars to come out and methodically get a nine point lead and then you're still a little nervous and then to sort of close that door quick. Uh, it's the old saying, you can only control what's in front of you. Given their task, they played fine and very well. Uh, and considering what a how chaotic the previous four weeks had seemed, even beyond the losses, you know, you, a quarterback's hurt, not hurt, you're losing Christian Kirk. To just sort of calm things down and get a win, that felt calming. To me, I think the team felt the same way. Yeah, Travis Etienne taking it to the house from 62 put the game away. Sure. I mean, honestly, as we watch the game play out, you're like, yeah, come on, man, nine points. Uh, you know, as long as you didn't allow Carolina to go right down and get some points early in the third quarter and yes. make them feel like they were in the game, that team was not going to score twice. As it turned out, wasn't going to score once. But, you know, you never a 16 know. 16-point lead in that game felt like 30. It felt like a yeah. lot. It really did. So they handled their business. Defense played very well. Yeah. Um, the team overall played pretty sharp with only the one accepted penalty. You know, you had the offsetting right. with Cam Robinson uh, <laughs> throwing the helmet. But, uh, you know, just the one accepted penalty on the horse collar. Yeah. Some people thought that was borderline anyway. But whatever. That's So be it. You know, yeah, that, I don't think he – like – the horse collared guy didn't have the ball, right? I mean, in the, or no, he did. He, he did. Um, he got his jersey tugged. Right. Uh, you, I, I couldn't tell definitively whether the hands were like yeah, inside I thought it was the collar. Weird. Right. But you could see like there was a grabbing of the back of the jersey up near the collar, and the jersey got tugged down okay, gotcha. a little bit. So whatever. I mean, those are the kind of penalties a coach can accept because it's, an it's within penalty. the flow of the game. Right. You're, you're reaching out. You're trying to make a play. Right. It's hard. Uh, it'd be surprising if you went through an entire season without any horse collar tackle. Of course. Just because you're trying to make a tackle. And right, and because sometimes if you don't make the tackle that way, guy will pick up another 20. Guy's getting right? And so, right. you're, you're might be better off allowing right. the 15-yard penalty. That so might very not have clean, been the case. Point. Yeah, right. right. Exceptionally clean. You didn't have the pre-snap issues. You, you didn't have any of that. I thought the protection was generally pretty solid for C.J. Beathard. Is that a... Is that a big one coming in? What do we got? No, it's Is just that like a Schefter uh, uh, Rappaport <laughs> level breaking news. No, it's just it's just a text. And I forgot to turn the phone off. It's so, okay. I uh, mean, is there anything we could pass along? Is it? No, the, it's it's nothing Jaguars. Nothing related. Jaguars it's, related. It's just somebody right. tell me how awesome I am. Oh, I think that probably happens so quite often, a lot. Right. So um, it's almost nothing. So uh, Trevor Lawrence limited today. They hope. They hope. Uh, they hope that last week. Um, I don't have a real feel for whether he'll play or not. I, I, I don't think uh, what Doug says during a Wednesday press conference about him, if he's saying day-to-day, I don't know that that tells us very much. Uh, I think how if he's out there in a red jersey throwing at whatever time, by 1 o'clock we go out there, then I think that's an indication that he's much further along than he was last week. Uh, And I think his status will depend on I think he'll probably have to go full at some point this week to play. Um, Just because I think they saw last week uh, we can function with CJ. 
let's not put Trevor out there in a situation where he has to push through something and 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 feel like he's got to force things. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I I get that as well, but you know, it's also a de facto playoff game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, it's great that we can function with CJ against the Carolina Panthers. Well, I just mean I think the arm has got to be at a certain level. Sure it does. I don't think it needs to be 100%, though, because, you know, 85% of Trevor's arm, probably better than 100% of Beathard's arm. You know, for instance, the question is, do you risk next week coming back and it's at 50% because you played him too soon? And and that's out of our hands. That's a medical evaluation. But – if they feel like, okay, he may not be 100%, mm-hmm. but he's probably no, at no greater risk for aggravation of this than yeah. a typical quarter. Anybody can get hit in the shoulder right. and have a bad experience sure. and re-aggravate it. But if just the simple act of throwing the football isn't more likely to put him right. in that situation, I think he goes. Yeah, and I think the other factor here is, and it takes a second to explain it, but uh, it sounds like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk have a really good chance of playing. I think Zay definitely played. I think, I think there's a really good chance of Christian playing. Um, if you're Doug and if you're this offense, uh, there's been such continuity issues all season. Uh, I could definitely see a scenario where they say, look, we need to have Trevor, Zay, and Christian in, in a game one week before the playoffs no matter what. Like I'm, I'm not saying they're already in, but even if you think we can get by with CJ and beat the Titans – do we need to have these guys really going on the same page, getting some chemistry before you go on if our goal is to have a deep run in the playoffs? See, I don't know if it, it – like, for in terms of Trevor, I don't know if that – I think it's just the red line of is he physically able to handle it. Right. Right? I, I don't – like, if he's not, then you could say, well, we want him out there, but yeah. I don't think they're going to put – you know what That's I mean? That's fair. Yep. Like, and I don't think he's going to be on the right side of the line – where they would say, "Well, we're only get- they're either going to play them or they're not." Is my you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I think, and granted, this is a potential win or go home scenario. Mm-hmm. Depending on what Pittsburgh does on Saturday, you'll know a kickoff whether you're still viable. Right, you could still have a chance. To- and really, if Pittsburgh loses, then it's if you lose, all you need is one other outcome. You need the Raiders right. to beat Denver, and you'd still get in the postseason. Right, you don't want to count on that, sure. obviously. And I know Doug Peterson said today, "There's one scenario: it's beat Tennessee." And that's absolutely the approach you take. So, so. that's you know, then that's the question: How much do you push guys? Like, because in the postseason, you say, "Well, it's a playoff game, right? All right. hands on deck." Well, this is essentially right. a playoff game that yeah. we're looking at. I just, I think it goes back to what they had to do last week, which was. Could Trevor have walked out on the field and played? Yeah. You know, I would guess he could have. Is he throwing a 20%? You know, how well is he going to throw the football? And that. Right. We, we don't know. Right. And so it comes down to that. Yeah. And, I, um, and as Doug said last week, look, we're either going to be all in on Trevor or we're going to be all in on CJ. It's not – I don't – what you're not going to get, I think, is – all right, let's put him out there. Let's see how he looks for a drive, and if right. you know, we'll have a quick hook if it doesn't look. They're either going to be confident that he can go for the full sixty, yeah, or they're not going to put him out there. And you know, being confident doesn't guarantee right. that he can go for the full sixty. But I don't think it's going to be one of these. No. All right, let's hope. If they're sucking air through their teeth, right? Then I think CJ plays. <sighs> but you think Christian Kirk's got a, a good chance, huh? This well, week? It, yeah, it, it certainly sounds like. Uh, Doug's tone on Monday to me uh, sounded like he felt like Christian's going to play. 
and or like there's a very good chance he will. Now the words didn't quite, you know, wasn't a guarantee, but uh, I I there's a good chance they both play, and uh, I certainly think Zay plays. Well, you you probably have seen this, or if not specifically this, you're aware of the uh, the numbers. Christian Kirk's impact on Trevor Lawrence, according to NFL research. Jags with Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence in the lineup, uh, eight and four. Okay, um, Jags with Trevor Lawrence and no Christian Kirk. Uh, well, this is overall uh, one and three, uh, but the one came this week, so they're zero right. and three uh, with Trevor. Trevor Lawrence with Kirk is eight and four, completing sixty-eight percent of his passes, yeah. fourteen touchdowns, seven picks, ninety-four point four passer rating. Without Kirk. 0-3 as a starter, 57.4%, so 10.5% less. Right. Five touchdowns, now granted, much fewer games, but also five interceptions. Yeah. So you went from 2-1 to one to a 1-1, one to one, and your passer rating dropped 23 points right. on top of that. Yeah, and and they were – they looked – to me, Trevor had looked very, very good for a few games in a row makes the big pass to Christian earlier where Christian gets hurt. Uh, the other factor in that equation is that uh, Trevor has been hurt during some of that period. Oh, most of it. Yeah, so. Right, uh, but it's still. But I Christian mean, right. matters a great deal. It, I mean, you, it, can't, you can't fa- know exactly right. right what percent goes the to the fact that he's dealing with an ankle or the whatever. instincts that they have together. Uh, he's his go-to guy, and it matters. All right, um, so we'll come back. Uh, let's take a look at today's question today, asking which Jaguars are likely to make the Pro Bowl this year. Went through a lot of the guys on the offensive side and who some of the challengers will be in the AFC. Want to take a look at Foyer Lewican and Darius Williams. Obviously, Josh Allen is a strong candidate, but a lot of strong candidates among the pass rushers sure. in the AFC as well. Uh, but the fact that they split it up between defensive ends and outside linebackers, I think, gives him a better chance. Uh, it narrows the field down. I think it's three guys for our – Four guys for three spots is what it's going to come yeah. down to with Josh Allen. So we can get into that as well and get your thoughts on that. If you want to be a part of the conversation, 641-1010. John Osier is here. If there's more coming out of Doug Peterson's presser that we need to pass along to you, we will do that as well as we continue along. Hour two, this is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. His name is John Osher. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. A little bit more of a limited you know, basis today. Uh, he is feeling better. Um, again, he's another one that's kind of day-to-day as we go this week. Not a bad man. You can't do that. You just have to establish. You can't put odds. Um, You know, right now he's he's just day-to-day. Yeah, we just got to see where he is at the end of the week. So the first comment about Trevor Lawrence, we told you, you know, hopeful that he'll get out there in limited fashion today. And day-to-day, we'll see at the end of the week, was Christian Kirk uh, right there. um, Was asked, what are the odds that Kirk will play Sunday? Doug doesn't want to touch the whole odds thing. Probably the smart way to do it. Sure. Uh, Again, I think... Uh, I think both of them play. Well, I should say, I think Christian Kirk plays. I want to see. You're more what, confident in Christian Kirk playing than Trevor this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll I'll feel differently one way or the other uh, after practice today. Just I got to see. What, Trevor what out will there. it take for you to feel good about Trevor Lawrence? Seeing Trevor out there, 
you know, just at all practicing in any capacity in in a practice yes in any capacity okay was, he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday last right. week so if he gets out there limited today I would say he's if he's limited ahead. today I'd be surprised if he doesn't play I would think so too yeah. and I, I would think you know look and I know what happened last week Doug thought Trevor would be limited on Thursday and ended up not practicing but you know when he spoke this morning he was Two and a half hours from practice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it seemed like you'd have a pretty good indication whether or not he'd be able to go. I think he probably does, but he likes sort of being vague. And that's fine. So, yeah. But uh, but you know what I mean? Like, he, if he's saying he expects him to be limited today, I don't think I it's going to be yeah. like a situation where, you know, you speak on Wednesday and then Thursday comes around and he doesn't practice. That's right. a whole day yeah, later. That's fair. I got you. You know, that's all. Uh, so, let's see. Let's keep our fingers crossed. I'm firmly in that camp. Um 16, get out there as soon as the medical mm-hmm. people tell you you can't hurt it any more than it is, yep. or at least you're not at any great risk to do that. Uh, 6 4 one 10, 10. We'll get to uh, some of your thoughts on Pro Bowl candidates from the Jags, John, um, and we should look at special teams. A couple people brought up Ross Matisic. There is a long snapper mm-hmm. category. Do you get in as being this, this unerring snapper of the football, or do you get in when you make a couple of splash plays down the field in coverage. Well, I, I, I honestly splash, wonder. I think a splash plays, you know, uh, long snappers aren't known for splashing. And he's so, made a few. And he's definitely made a few, and he's good beyond that. I mean, it, it, when he snaps, you don't worry about it. Right, but know? I wonder, like, if you're voting for a long snapper, other than name recognition, like, oh, I've heard of that guy. Like, what are you voting on? Well, I think that's where uh, the fan vote, I I don't know how fans vote on it, right? But honestly, don't know how coaches well, vote on that or or I think, players. I think uh, coaches can, if if they're diligent about it, they can talk to their pro personnel people, who can who, and say, "Who's the best long snapper you've seen?" Those guys should be aware of that, and that should go into the vote. Do you think most coaches go that far? Um. No, but I think enough probably do or enough go, hey, I, I you know. It reminds me of the old, like, um, college football poll voting. You know, you'd hand it off to yeah. your, some administrator, like, fill this out for me. I guess I would like to think that a few of them do enough to to get a few votes for the right guy. I think Ross, I mean, he he's, a, he's an exceptionally good cover guy for a – Long snapper, mm-hmm. and I would guess that when coaches are game planning or w- when head coaches are watching it, uh, I would guess that stands out. I would, I would think he has a chance, uh, but who knows? Maybe yeah, that, that, that's a. F- I don't know. Are, are head coach. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to go too far down the rabbit hole. Are head coaches breaking down the special teams film that much, or is that more the special teams coordinators' purview? It's more the special teams coordinators' purview, but uh, you know, I don't necessarily know what coach I'd love to ask Doug Peterson outside of Ross Matisek who is the best coverage long snapper in yeah, the AFC it, it, so Let's see if he has an answer I for guess that. to your point a splash plays would matter because that's what you notice and that's right I I, I don't for all I know it. Ross Matisek is head and shoulders the best long snapper for all I know he's the fifth best long yeah. snapper in the AFC I, I really don't know you know what's a shame is you know uh, Punter is also so weird because to me, Logan Cook's one of the best punters I've been around. Absolutely, uh, but I don't think his 
I think there's somebody out there. I haven't studied, but I think there's somebody out there whose numbers are you know such that he probably gets it over Logan. Well, the guy in um, KC who got it last year, yeah, uh, in numbers if not better, they were right there with him. Right. So uh, it would be a shame if Logan doesn't make the Pro Bowl at some point during this run he's having. I I don't have any any feel for whether it'll be this year. Let's see where he's at, just punting wise here. I don't um, care if he's a Pro Bowl or not. I wouldn't really want any other punter. He's really good. Oh no, he's fa- yeah. right. He's fine. And the specialists are a little weird. Like we got Agnew in last year. Not going to get Agnew. He's been too right. hurt this year. He's a, still certainly a weapon. Um, boy, uh, depends on what you want. What's your favorite stat, though? You know, is it For a punter punts inside the twenty? Is it just net yards? It. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? Though, yeah. like if you're if you're picking it. Um, Net yards per punt, including block punts. Uh, your number one punter in the NFL is the weapon himself, Brian Anger. Okay. All right. right. In terms of net yards per punt. In the AFC, Tennessee's Ryan Stonehouse uh, is the only one ahead of Logan Cook. Right. Right there. So, And to me, as most people know where I'm going with this, Pro Bowl or not, what Logan's been so good at for the most part is – when they need it, he gives them a he, he gives them the right kick. Um, wow, this is pretty good. His touchback percentage, like I don't get into punter sure. stats, but six point seven percent. Not at home at night. You're not just not not, not really. Right. We don't. If we haven't added him to our fantasy league. I'm not going to really <laughs> study it that deep. Six point seven percent because you want a low touchback percentage, right? Because you yes. want to try to pin him inside the twenty. Um, Stonehouse, who's Tennessee's punter. 18.9%. Yeah. That's like three times as yeah. many you know, percentage-wise on the touchback. Tommy the Townsend first half is the, the season, guy who made it last year for KC. It seemed like Logan Cook was giving them huge field position edges in a lot of big situations. Um, I, don't, I don't know how you analyze that, but that's what it felt like to me. You look at Foyer, right? I think Foyer, if you just look at the numbers – is the most deserving inside linebacker. And I, I get I'm looking at last year's guys in the AFC that made it, Roquan Smith and C.J. Mosley, right? Uh, if you look at the numbers, and any, it, there may be a category where they're slightly ahead of Foyer, but for the most part, Foyer has more tackles. Uh, he has more big plays, like tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got an interception, uh, which, you know, they, none of them are, are blowing anybody away in sure. these categories. And if you just look at the numbers side by side, he's better than both of these guys in the raw numbers. Now, Zaire Franklin leads the NFL in tackles, but only by four over Foyer, and Foyer has him at least matched in the other categories. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's I think he's the most deserving, but I still feel like it's just there's a lot of inertia. Like I'll be shocked yeah. if Roquan Smith doesn't get one of those two spots. And then you're talking about what was it? C.J. Mosley, is it somebody right. we're not even thinking of right now? Yeah. Is is it Zaire Franklin? Is it Oluwakin? You only have one spot up for grabs. I think that's where the two losses on primetime maybe come back to bite you a little mm-hmm. bit. Not his fault, but uh, during those games, uh, I thought going in, those were games where if, if he had a big game, if he had a pick, if, if they won, we had a big game defense. against New Orleans. Yeah. but I feel like that's so long ago. It is, and and uh, so I felt like there were some Jaguars players in those two games that if the announcer had been talking about them in the fourth quarter, that probably sways people. That probably sticks in their memory. Uh, they didn't have those kind of moments in the fourth quarter. They were talking about Baltimore and Cincinnati in the right. fourth quarter of those games. So that probably, you know, it's just a gut feeling. I, it, 
that probably bites him a little bit. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. We'll take a look at uh, some of the responses we got. If you're on the line, stay there. We'll try to get to you uh, before the day is out as well at 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines. Hit us up on the uh, text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or on social media as well. Trevor Lawrence, hopeful to practice today in a limited fashion. Johnny O thinks maybe even Christian Kirk even closer to returning than Trevor Lawrence is potentially this week. We'll take all hands on deck, please. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Oh, no. Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right, we'll kick it around here on the uh, 1010 Taking a Moment on the Chad and Sandy Real Estate Question of the Day, which Jacksonville Jaguars will get named to this year's AFC Pro Bowl squad. Uh, give you our final determinations coming up. Uh, as a lot of people think Darius Williams have a good shot. I just don't think he's got enough name recognition. I'm not saying he's not deserving. He's leads the AFC in pass breakups this year. Yeah. If he had a couple more interceptions, again, I think a couple of pick sixes. Yeah. Well, had one, but yeah, uh, one more. I I agree with you. It just doesn't feel uh, the four game stretch hurt individual honors in that sense, because two of them were on primetime, weren't playing well. Uh, so there wasn't much momentum for people to look at and like find Jaguars to put on, you know, or uh, so. Yeah, I, I, I think Josh Allen has a real good chance. Beyond that, uh, I wonder. All right, let's get six four one ten ten. A quick word from our friend Terrence in Georgia. Happy New Year's, Terrence. Hey, Happy New Year's, Mike. What's up, and John? How y'all doing? We're well. Mike, I was, I was good. I was. I was about to be Terrence and clown and call in and say, give me a C and give me a J. But like, I think we're looking at Trevor playing from a, a a throwing perspective. I mean, like, if the game is on the line and Trevor, they say he in the red zone and, he, and, and we need a touchdown, but he doesn't see anybody open. He's scrambling out. Is he going to dive on that shoulder? And take a chance on that shoulder. I mean, is it? You know what I mean. And yes. Then, yeah, Answer to know, me is emphatically is that, is yes. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, are you are you questioning whether he'd be willing to lay it out there on the line? That is a reason why you wouldn't want to put him out there because he'd be hesitant to do that. Do you think? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. That's, you know what I mean. That's what. Okay. CJ CJ Beathard had a bad left shoulder and he dove right on his left shoulder. Do we think only CJ's willing to do that? For the, I mean, I, I don't think well, there's uh, – sorry, go ahead, Terrence. Go, what's that? No, I'm saying it's Trevor's right shoulder. I understand right. that. Uh, but do I – left, left, that's different. Huh. Okay, thank you, Terrence. Yes, my, my answer is still yes. Good. Right shoulder, left shoulder, no. Trevor would be willing to go all out even with an injury. Yes, yes. And, and you don't play that's... him <laughs> if you think it... he can't play and protect right. himself. If anything, you would like him to not do that as much. Right, but I, do I think that he'd be willing to do Absolutely. it? Absolutely, right. No question. Yeah, that's one thing I don't question about him. I mean, Right, and, and I mean, I get it. I'm not it saying out. he should dive on that right shoulder, but, you know, you, it, it's a, I don't it's want a dangerous CJ game. I don't want any that either. Right, well, right. not when you're a heartbeat away from Matt Barkley having right. to play significant football from you, and he's only been here for a week, right? So – or not even at the point that they were playing last week. So, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. At least Terrence admitted, you know, if you 
came in here cheerleading for C.J. Beathard, he would be Terrence the Clown. I mean, I, I didn't <laughs> look. I get it. You don't want Trevor to turn the ball over. All this, if you, he's, you just have to deal with the reality. Mm-hmm. He's the franchise quarterback. Yeah. It's not. There's no question in their minds. They're not sitting there going, you know, maybe we could get by with C.J. Who gives you a better chance to win? Right. If Trevor Lawrence is not at risk, at, at abnormal risk of right. re-aggravating that shoulder injury. Yeah, you dive on it, guess what? Anybody with a clean, healthy if shoulder. CJ dove on his right shoulder. He could get good. hurt, right. or he could get hit in the right shoulder, or it could get his arm could get hit as he's trying to release the ball, and he could aggravate the AC joint sprain. All these things are possible. You know how to, you need help turning that off, or I, is that? I thought I did. And My bad. I, right. When it was going all throughout the break, I thought that might have been pockets when we would have realized it wasn't but anyway um all right let's get to today's uh, question of the day uh and uh first of all let me go through some of the responses we got then we'll do the 10 10 take on who we think uh, will get named to the pro bowl for the jags uh brick said uh foyer allen ingram darius williams i think that's overly optimistic all deserving uh i not not saying they're, that they're not deserving right yeah. i just think you know again not a question of who deserves to get it. Who do you think will actually get it? Um, Joe says, uh, Allen, Ingram, Matisic. I'll, I'll tell you right now, as we discussed, Logan Cook, Matisic could both make it. Sure. Neither one could make it. One could make it. I have no – I'm going to guess that neither one makes it. Right. Because you only have one at each position. And, I again, I'm not sure what other people are looking for in their criteria. Do enough people even know who Ross Matisic is in the league yeah, to vote for him? Um, but regardless uh, – Scott, same four. Ingram, Allen, possibly a Lewican and Darius Williams. Allen, a Lewican and Ingram should go, according to Austin. Allen may be the only one who gets it, though. Uh, lot, obviously, everyone thinks Josh Allen is getting it. Some love for ETN. And really, John, he stacks up fairly well in the mm-hmm. AFC. Raheem Mostert, no question, should be the starting running back in the AFC. Whether he is or not, I don't even know sure. if he'll be the starter. But in terms of AFC Rushing leaders, James Cook is the only other running back that has more touchdowns than ETN. He's run for two – I'm sorry, more yards. He's run for two touchdowns this year. Now, his yards per carry is a lot better than ETN's, but in the sum to- – and you get three. So, right. in the sum total of things, you can make that argument. He's got more yards than Joe Mixon, more touchdowns, and an identical yards per carry average, right? Najee Harris has a little bit more in the yards per carry, but he had the big game this week that right. came after voting closed. There aren't many great candidates in the AFC. Yeah. I think ETN may get in there. Those 11 rushing touchdowns, uh, all nine heading into the weekend, may propel him into the – although on a cold streak, again. that's. I think that's – had he had the stretch during these last four games with two primetime uh, that he had during that five-game winning streak, right? I think he would have a much better chance. I, that, to me, feels like momentum lost during that. Feels like it probably hurt Jaguars' chances at the individual honors. All right. Um, Big Will goes, Josh Allen makes it as a backup. Foyer, Etienne, and Ingram ultimately get in as alternates. Definitely could see a path like Foyer. that. Foyer, Ingram, Etienne, all, all getting in as alternates. Oh, I w- yeah, I would say that's very possible. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I think that might even be likely uh, as far as that goes. I don't know about Oluwakin because you're only talking about two inside linebackers and it'll yeah. depend on who makes it. But, you know, it also depends on. And who makes that long postseason run? Like if 
Baltimore is the team that goes to the Super Bowl. Roquan Smith's right. not going to participate in the Pro Bowl. He'll get named. Or who's beat up. I mean, well, I guess the beat up thing doesn't matter as much now that they've changed. Right. They're just going to show up and play dodgeball or, so, or whatever the case yeah, so may that's, be. Uh, How many yeah, games, by the way, can you name uh, from the uh, the Pro Bowl? Oh, I'm proud to say none. None? Okay. Yeah. I just gave you dodgeball. Dodgeball. Uh, you get precision passing yep no doubt best catch uh-huh. closest to the pin yep what is that i i honestly don't want is that i'm, I'm i have the fog I'm, I'm assuming it's football related right. um high stakes high stakes that's sure. just the name of it Why high stakes you? dodgeball kick tac toe which good. that one makes sense right. to me like the kickers kicking at targets i would think um madden football cuz that's sure. obviously a yeah. skill you need to play in the NFL. Uh, gridiron Gauntlet, I guess that's the obstacle course that would be. Yeah. Tug of War. Tug of War. And uh, Move the Chains. Oh, yeah, Superstars oh, is fantastic. Yeah. Robert Conrad and Gabe Kapler yeah. uh, were the, the legends of uh, not the Superstars, but the Battle of the Network Stars. Oh, the Network Stars. I used to love but, that, uh, too. But uh, Superstars. Superstars was awesome. Superstars awesome. was crazy because you have like these. They really would yeah. get some of the biggest name athletes in the world to go put their bodies on the line it, in the offseason. Something that would seem so out of left field. Today. Right. Somebody with a $50 million contract is not running your obstacle course. Right. It, you know, it's, it's time to change. But they had them all, right? Oh. They had all the sports, all the like crazy. It really was. I can remember watching, and for some reason, it sticks out. The Vikings and the Steelers had played the Super Bowl, so it was 74 going into 75 yeah. season. And watching a superstars competition between the best players on the Vikings and the Steelers, and it came down to a tug of war. And they were dug in, and, and looking back, can you imagine a team letting players do that? Do now? the tug of war, right. Or, or, or any of those obstacles. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, well, back then, what money you won for winning the Superstars competition right. was probably significant compared to what you sure. were making. Oh, you know, it was no a doubt. big chunk of money for those yeah. guys. Nowadays, be like David Tepper getting a $300,000 fine for yeah. throwing a drink. Right. You know, which is, I, I mean, what a joke. What an absolute yeah. joke. Yeah. I mean, $300,000 is a lot of money, but not to him. No. You know, when you got $20 billion, it ain't much. Pockets. Before you run out of there, why don't you fire up that 1010 take there, please? 1010 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 1010 take. Brought to you by JM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialist. Uh, as far as alternates go, you're going to have to see what kind of attrition. I think Josh Allen's the only guy who gets named to the Pro Bowl for the Jags, though. And I hope I'm right that even he gets named because, again, you got the defensive end category. All right, that's Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson, guys like that. You got the outside linebacker, your edge rushers. TJ Watt is going to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, who else am I uh, forgetting? Chubb's in the mix. Chubb's and, in the mix. Uh, there, uh, there, there's another one. Uh, oh, Khalil Mack. Yeah. That's who it is. Right. He's got 16 sacks. He's got huge name recognition, Pro Bowl legacy. Had the big game this year. We had like five or six yeah. sacks in it. I think Watt and Mack get it. I think Allen gets the third spot. Um, maybe deserving the uh, starting spot, right? But, mm-hmm. again, we look at it and we're like, oh, his 16-and-a-half sacks are well-deserving. Well, he had 13-and-a-half at the time of the voting, yep. right? And, you know, Raider fans are going, well, why are Khalil Mack 16 not deserving? You know what I mean? So, it's, right. I, I do think he gets one of those spots. I think he'll get in ahead of Bradley Chubb, but I, I could 
be wrong about that because Chubb plays for the Dolphins, who are a little bit more high profile mm-hmm. this year, and he's got a bigger Pro Bowl track record yeah. than Josh Allen. Josh's big game, I mean, he played well in primetime against Cincinnati, so that probably He's had a terrific year. Yeah. Like, there's no – I. Yeah, I, I do think he'll get – I if I'm betting, I edges out Chubb for that third spot. But the rest of it, I think the, David Njoku gets in ahead of Ingram. Now, again, Kelsey may opt out. Ingram will get in as an alternate. I think he's clearly one of the right. top three options in the AFC. So, when you get into the alternates, it that's a different category. But I, I think you will see Josh Allen be the only named guy and uh, probably not as a starter is my guess for the Pro Bowl this year. All right, uh, let's uh, welcome in XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. I hope I'm wrong. hope, uh, you know, coming tomorrow, we got four Jaguar Pro Bowlers or however many we can have. Uh, but if you want Pro Bowl analysis, Pro Bowl level analysis, well, you could go to XL Primetime. And if you did... You'd probably go to Matt Hayes as one of your top four choices. So I have right. So I have a question for you. Um, you and Johnny O, actually. Let's say Josh Allen gets two and a half, three sacks against Titans. Yeah. All right. Voting's I'm not even, closed. I'm not even care. I know. I'm not even okay. care about the pro. I'm talking about all pro. Oh, okay. At that point, does he become all pro? Um, with 19 and a half sacks. I'm trying to remember. Sacks. Maybe. I don't know when that. I, that's yeah. AP I voting, and and that used to be done. Like mid-playoffs, right? That should be after the regular I season. I think it was last think. week of the regular season. Though. Was it? But it's been 20 years since well, I've been Well, I mean, does so. he? I don't know. Uh, you know, is he better than Miles Garrett? You know, he may have a couple more sacks, but I think people look at Miles Garrett, the team he plays on, the team success level and all that. And Trey Hendrickson has 17 sacks, you know, so he has actually a half sack more. And he You're was talking a pro about bowler. All pro, all pro, I'm though, but all pro, I'm just yeah. talking about guys that are in the conversation. Trey Hendrickson was a pro bowler last year. Right. So he's already on the mind, you know, right. as being one of the elite pass rushers, and he does have one half sack more than Josh Allen does. Um, I doubt it is my guess, right? Because you only get two spots for all pro at outside linebacker, right. I would think. Yeah. You know, and I would think T.J. Watt's getting be one. Defensive end, right? True, Miles would be a defensive yeah. end. That's a good so, point. Both of those guys would be. Yeah, it's. I guess it's the same guys I that think, they'd be going up against. Yeah, I think he would have. A, I think he would have a shot at that. But all pro is the whole league, though. It is, right. So that's where Factors it, in the right, NFC. But yeah. I think uh, what what is uh, Nick Bosa listed as? I think he's listed as a D end. He right? is an end. Yeah, he's not a yeah. linebacker. Right. He's so I think it comes down to your classification. I think he's got a chance at it, sure. Yeah. You know, look, he's deserving of going to the Pro Bowl. But, again, we, are, we look at our guys because we watch them every week, too. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think he's been more consistent than Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack had that monster game where he, you know, had six early this year, but that catches people's attention, too, sure. and he's got yeah. the track record. And so. he got the name. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what do you got coming up today, Matt? We're talking Jags. What else? Uh, what else? What else? We'll get into college football as well. We got a doc, George Barry, coming in. He's going to talk about Trevor injury. What what if Trevor does get on the field today in a limited capacity and does not have a setback? What would you put the odds at of uh, Trevor suiting up this week? I don't know. I mean, it's it's not an easy injury. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think if he I think if he feels like he can play and not put himself in harm's way, he's got to play. Yeah. This is the playoffs right now. It basically. So I, is, I, I don't yeah. think you can say let's save him. 
Because I, I, that's oh, I don't think it'll be that. I yeah. think it'll come down to a medical evaluation. Yeah. Like he John go, said, though, go. if if he's on the practice field today in any capacity, wasn't on Wednesday and Thursday at all last week, then you know he's obviously trending a lot closer right. to being out there. Uh, John thinks Kurt's got maybe an arguably better chance than wow. Trevor to be out there this week. Just, so, just thought. I could, it's, no, an, it's an interesting thought. That's, why that's a difficult injury. That is a very difficult injury to come back from. But uh, as Doug Peterson said today, this and ne- this or next week has been Kirk's target to return. He thought he mm. could get back, and he was out there rehabbing it like immediately. So hope for the best, I'm man. I'm only basing that on sort of Doug's tone when he was asked about it Monday. Understood. Uh, sounded to me like he was couching it, not wanting to say Christian was going to play, but that he felt like he was a good chance. And he didn't seem that much on Trevor. But that's trying to read press conference quotes, which we all know can be a dangerous thing. All right, Matt, have a good show today. Hi, boys. Appreciate it. Uh, John, what do you got coming up over at Jaguars.com in the next few days? Uh, hoping to talk to uh, Dewey on the Ozone podcast this week. You know, it, Is it still always the Jags? I uh, assume it is. Of course it is. I assume it I mean, is. If it was always the Jags, it, I wouldn't. Imagine it just changed to right. something else. So, and uh, I'll be on the Huddle Up podcast with with uh, your friend JP Shatterk and Bucky Brooks. Yeah, as somebody pointed out on the the text line, we mentioned this earlier. Chubb's out for the year, so Allen would get in over him as an alternate. If if Chubb got named, I mean, right. Allen's going to the Pro Bowl. I'm right. pretty confident he's going to the Pro Bowl. If he wants to, unless the right. Jags are in the Super Bowl, which would be great. Right, don't go to the Pro Bowl. But yes, uh, I Bradley Chubb though I think could get named as one of the three outside linebackers in the AFC. Yeah. I think Allen's more deserving, but Chubb has had a higher overall profile than him at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's got maybe two Pro Bowls under his belt. I think so. Sounds right. Anyway, um, all right. Uh, oh, my take is also a joke. $300,000 is a huge fine. Not if you're making $20 billion, It's not. Sorry, it's right. not. Uh, it just isn't. Right. I mean, it's a it's a minuscule percent. It's the equivalent, uh, I think, uh, Pro Football Talk calculated of a guy with a million bucks paying a fourteen dollar fine. Right. It's not some massive thing. Um, wow, that's an, and, and may, maybe I hadn't done was, the math on that. It was but, something like that, yeah. or maybe it was a hundred and forty eight dollar fine. Whatever the number, it was incredibly low. Basically, and, a speeding ticket, and and not a real bad. One. Right, and this guy's got twenty billion. Right. So yeah, I mean. That's all right. You can hate my take. Uh, David Tepper said, you know what? And uh, he got off light, in my opinion. Yeah. And by the way, NFL owners are supposed to be held to much higher standards than players are. So um, where's the suspension? You tell me if a player threw a, a glass of ice, and you know, just the ice up in the stands, they wouldn't get suspended for a game? I think they would. Right. Yeah, or, fan, or find a game check. Fan interaction, like, you know, Cam fighting with another player is one thing. If 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 he had done something at a fan, it's different. So yeah, it's it's, it's different. All right, uh, that'll do it for us today and uh, tomorrow. Uh, D Rock will be in. Fat Tony oh, remains great. out on assignment at least for today. And uh, for Johnny O, for Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon with more Jaguars today, right here on 1010XL 92.5 FM.